Hello and welcome to Bible Marathon. We're all about learning how to read the Bible, about spiritual gifts and giving proper defense and explanation for what we believe as Christians. The goal is to progress with joy in the faith and without further ado, let's get into the word. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to gather here. We thank you because every time we get to be in your presence, there is, there is something it does to us. We don't go out the same way. So Lord Jesus, even as we are here seated, standing, whatever position we are, Lord God, listening, we pray that you would open our hearts and that you would teach us and instruct us in righteousness. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. 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 So like I was saying, please, what's the topic for today? Four gauge. Monitoring uh, your spiritual growth. Nice, 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 nice. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So I remember one time when I went to visit my brother. That time I was in, I was inside his apartment, right? And so they took the lights. When they took the lights, I just said, oh, maybe it's child play. I was already feeling hot, but I thought it was child, child play. I just opened the window, right? But the heat became so much that ah, I felt like somebody was, it was like somebody was blowing heat. Ah, and I said, what's going on now? Then I just came out of the apartment. And on my, on my way out, I saw my brother. And then he asked me, where am I going to now? And then I, I told him what happened. And he gave me his khaki that I should go and, and let's, so I can own the AC, right? Me, JJC. I didn't really know. Was like, I thought it was blowing. Ah, I just came out of the apartment. And on my, on my way out, I saw my brother. And then he asked me, where am I going to now? And then I, I told him what happened. Sorry, Victoria, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Can you hear you? Somebody was, yes. I, 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 know he, I was hearing myself again. That's what I was. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I forgot to turn off my okay. Okay, okay, no problem. Okay. Okay, so I was saying now, I was a JJC. I didn't know. I never turned on the car prior to that time. So my brother told me what to do. When I got inside the car, it's not as if the AC did not blow. I turned it on. The AC was blowing. But for some reasons, I was very scared. It was like, as I was there, I was just imagining things that, what if this car should move forward now? Hit the, if I touch something that the car will move forward and then hit the, the, the wall in front of me, or it should go back. I was just imagining different things. Like, so I was very careful not to touch anything. I was, in fact, it was so bad that when I came down, right, after locking the car, I went back again to peep just to see whether there was any light showing or any indicator anywhere, right? And so this is how some people behave when it comes to their spiritual work. They, they are work, have you seen people that they feel like they need to repent at every meeting? If possible, say they can give their life to Christ like five times a week, right? They, 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 they spend their entire Christian work being constantly worried and afraid. They think that, oh, something's going to happen to me. God is not, God's not happy with me. They are never sure about what their, their stand with God is, right? And that's not a place you want to be. And then I, mean, I, I just thought about another story. So this one was my brother that told me this story. He said that one time when he was during his, during his undergrad in, um, it was Delta State University. So there was this friend of theirs, him and his friend, they, they promised another friend that they are going to take her for medical checkup. 
So the medical, the place was between, was from Ole. They're going from Ole to Asaba. And that's, on the average, that trip is two hours, right? Depending on the traffic. So on this day, my brother and his friend, they stepped out to, to, to move, to move, right? And so they got their fuel tank. It was full. They made sure that it was a full tank. So they were sure that, oh, if we, when we get to Asaba, right, we can come back with it. So they, they set out and they started moving. They were moving so fast. And when they got there, the girl did the medical checkup. And so they came back. They started coming back. 30 minutes to the end of the journey. Guess what? The car stopped. And so they came down and they were wondering, what's going on here? Somebody was saying, maybe it's well, maybe it's not. Say, no, it can't be now because they were sure. Yes, they, they, feel, they feel their tank. So it's not possible now. So they, they had to call their friend, right? And so the friend came and then they ended up towing the car to campus. So when they got to the, me- the uh, mechanic place, they were, they were thinking, oh, maybe it's going to say something like, ah, what happened to the car? What happened to the car? They were curious. Then guess what? The man said there was nothing wrong with the car and that fuel finished. I'm sure there's somebody here that is wondering that, ah, ah fuel finished. You mean they were not... They're not checking for the signs. Like, what were they doing at the fire finished? Yes. <laughs> that, that, me too, I was surprised when I heard it, right? But that's how some believers are. We are, we, we, we sometimes put ourselves in that overconfident space whereby we don't even look out for signs that, oh, maybe the, I'm, I'm deficient in my, in my work with God or there's something wrong somewhere. We are so confident that we forget to check the signs. So it's one thing to be constantly worried that you are spiritually sick. It's another thing to ignore the vital signs totally, right? Have you seen anybody that is addicted to any habits at all, right? Any, if you know that the habit did not start overnight, it not just wake up and said, oh, um, can you hear me? So please, can you hear me? Yes, yes, we can okay. hear you. Let's be sure. Okay. It's not just wake up overnight. Like I was saying, anybody that is addicted to an habit or that has done something constantly, it didn't start, it didn't start overnight. It started from a, it was a gradual process on there. So you can be here and you're you saying, I don't know why I'm not praying. I'm not praying. I'm not praying. I don't know what's going on. You cannot build a prayer life overnight, right? A prayer life requires a structure. The solution to prayerlessness, it is prayer, it's by praying, right? And that praying, it requires you to be intentional, right? If you are going to grow spiritually, so this, this message is not to tell you that, oh, you need to constantly walk in fear and be unsure about your work with God. But if you are going to grow spiritually, it has to be something intentional. It does not come by magic. It's not a magical thing. It's not like one day I was just sitting on my in my room and I, and I said, oh, God, please, please, please help me. No, that's not how it works. It takes intentionality. You know how you did it? It's like when we're in school, for instance, there are some courses that, in short, it's not just some courses, almost all of your courses, you did not sit down to say, well, you know, we'll just see how it goes. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Let's let's just see. Maybe, maybe, and maybe not. That's not how you did it. You planned to read, and then you made sure you did your assignments at the right time. So that's how it is for our, like, when it comes to our work with God. 
it takes diligence. It takes it takes it, it takes efforts, right, from us. Let's open our Bibles to Second Peter three, verse. Sorry, Second Peter one, verse three to ten. I beg your pardon. If somebody is there, you can read. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through this, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So Peter, in, from verse three to five, four, four, sorry, was just telling us that, you know, God has equipped us with everything needed for our work. He has saved us and then we are equipped. Let me continue reading. So from verse, from verse five, it says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities, in increasing measure. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whosoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting, sorry, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Verse 10 says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the internal kingdom of our Lord Jesus, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So you see that anything that's, that's if, if it, once, once it consigns growth, right, it takes our intentionality to achieve. You are not going to you are not going to evangelize. You are not going to pray. You are not going to study the word by just leaving it to chance. You won't. You won't. You won't. You won't do that. You have to plan. You have to. You have to. You have to. Because now, if I'm going to give an instance with our betting, when our parents gave birth to us, they did not just say, "You know what, uh, Victoria, we're giving birth to Victoria, such a fine girl," and then they now dropped you on the couch. And I said, "Let's come back ten years later." We, for routine check, we'll be, we'll be sure that, yeah, something. No, it took it took their conscious effort. It took some a great level of intentionality to get you where you are. It took them paying your school, school fees. It took them sleepless nights of watching you. It took them cleaning you up. It took them giving you the right food, right? That's how it is with our work with God. It takes, it is God that works in us to will and to do, but it will require our cooperation. It will require us cooperating. Let's open our Bibles to Philippians. Philippians 2, verse 12. Very then... Yes, you can read exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Philippians 2, 12. I'm reading from NLT. Dear friends, you always follow my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the result of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reference and fear. Uh-huh. So now when people hear this part, sometimes you can be tempted to say, Oh, so do you mean my salvation is not is not thorough? That means I'm not fully saved. Maybe I need to do something. I need to, 
I need mm-hmm. to do something to make my salvation to 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 be to be sure. That's not what Apostle Paul is saying here. How do I know? The next verse would tell us otherwise. Say, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. That means it's not this this diligence we're talking about, it's not going to be by your power, right? But at the same time, the Holy Spirit will not hold your neck like you say, goodness, you must walk in diligence, you must do. No, that's not going to happen, right? It will require your cooperation. It will require your cooperation. It is one thing for the Spirit to walk in you to will and to do, right? But it will require you submitting. It is in you being, it is in you being that willing. That's what that's what will make the difference, right? Let's open to Proverbs 24, verse 10. Then that person, you can read as well. Proverbs 24, verse 10. Proverbs 24, 10. Yes. If you if you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. Exactly. He says that if you fail in the day of just picture, picture this, picture watching a football match, right? Or any athletic competition at all. Any competition at all, not just athletic, any competition at all. It's not, it's not when they showed up at that spot that we know that, oh, this guy has a tendency of winning, or this guy. It's not what happened in that morning that determined the winner. It is the, 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 the hours, the days, the weeks, the months of constant practice that has taken the person to that, to that place, right? It's the same way with us. It says that if you faint in the, on the day of adversity, it means your strength is weak. This means that you need to build yourself in the place of prayer, in the place of your devotion. It, you don't wait till temptation is knocking at your door before you now say, oh, well, I, I need to pray. That's not the time to pray because you will fall. If you wait till that time, you is it's certain that you will fall. Because when adversity comes knocking at your door, it will not, it will not ask, uh-uh, is goodness prepared? Oh, no, she's not prepared. <laughs> I can come back later. That's not what happens. So it means that as believers, we have to be ready. We have to be prepared at all times, right? That's, that's by all means, you have to build yourself. Build yourself. It, it, is, a, it is a serious, your, your spiritual work is supposed to be taking like an, like a, and take it like you are in a competition. Paul said you should run like that, like you want to win. That's the mindset we should have as believers, right? So the, this, um, this, like I said, this teaching is not a teaching that is calling you to sin consciousness. That ah, let me be, let me be conscious, let me be conscious, or let me. I'm not sure of my work with God or what. But no, it is the one that is calling all all of us out to take take up our spiritual growth. We should be re- to be responsible for our spiritual growth. So I'm going to be talking about some signs that you should look out for when it comes to this, this to, to point us as to whether you are okay spiritually or not, right? So my first point here is indifference. Indifference to spiritual devotion. You don't really like it. You don't hate it. You, you are not necessarily in a place where you hate spiritual devotion. But your enthusiasm is not there. You are just, you are neither here or there. Well, you set alarm to wake up every morning to pray. But the first day, 
Steve got the best of you, and so the alarm rang, but you didn't wake up. It happened the next day. It, it happened the other day, and it kept happening like that. Something is wrong. You have to check. You can't be indifferent. You can't say, oh, I, I'm trying. If, it's, if you really want something, you know how you fight for it. So you have to take your devotion and prayer like that, right? Or let's say it's even about church. Maybe you used to go very early. You were, you were serious. You, you thought, oh, it's, it's good. I am here at a very early time. No, I don't take these things for granted. But you notice that the, the excitement has, 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 has come down. It's not, it's not like before again. You need to start, you need to watch it because it can be a sign for something of indifference. Let's read from, sorry, I'm coming. Let's read for, from Philippians 3, verse 14. Does anybody want to read? I should just go on. Philippians 3, what? 14. 14, yes. Okay. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Exactly. So you can see that Apostle Paul is saying he does not take his work, his spiritual journey like for like a, an ordinary thing, right? He takes it as if it's it's something it's something very serious, and that's how it should be for all of us. You have to, yeah, yeah, you you have to push yourself, push yourself. So the second point under these signs is emotions and appetites. So I want to be reading from James 1, 14 to 15. It says, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own desire, evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. We all know where we are struggling as believers. As, as a believer, you're not supposed to just let everything be. You just say, ah, don't worry, um, I'm okay, I'm strong, I, I, don't, I don't need to set boundaries. So it's, you, you, you can't say, as a believer, I'm struggling, I'm, I'm, not, I'm okay, I'm not struggling, so, so therefore I'm just going to live life anyhow, I don't need to set boundaries, anything, you know, anything I feel like doing, I will do like that, right? That's not the life that God has called us to. Because if you, one mistake you can make, one mistake you can make is trusting yourself. If you don't set boundaries, you are going to, they, they, you are going to fall. There's, there are no two ways about it, right? Don't trust yourself. It was, I think, a couple of days ago, I was listening to something like a podcast, right? So somebody I respect so much, he was saying that he doesn't, as much as possible, he doesn't allow female um, visitors and that if for any reason somebody is coming to his house, right, he would call a brother and make sure he's around. I know for some people, ah, it's not so much. No, know thyself. Sometimes you don't even need to know yourself first. Just put those boundaries in place. Don't shock you. Don't wait till you shock yourself. Don't wait. Because by the time, by the time you are rationalizing it, are saying, well, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm good. I can do anything. I can watch anything. I won't be tempted. I'm, I'm bigger than that. Now I'm a big person. I, I, I mean, I, I've been, I've been, I've been there, done that. Don't be like that. Don't wait for you to shock yourself. Set boundaries where, where, where it is necessary. Because James was saying there that it is, it is from the little things that we don't pin down 
that that it is those things that that eventually bet temptation. It starts small. It starts very little, but at the end it will become something big that you cannot contain. So as you if you, if you just see that oh I started feeling so, so I'm living in, in a way that is pointing is just so free. I don't set boundaries. That can be a pointer that you need to do something. All right. And when we talk about emotions and um, and appetite, it's not just for bad things. Sleep, sleep is a good thing, right? Sleep is for us to rest. But if you are sleeping excessively, it's, it's also cause for concern. If you are sleeping when you should be praying, that's already a red flag. Also, even food, food is a good thing. But it's not every time you feel like eating, eating, that you'll be eating. No. There are days where you would have said, oh, I want to fast. Basically, what this point is just saying is that you should learn, it's just encouraging us to have self-control. Learn to put this flesh under subjection. Don't be the person to just always say, well, I'm going to be fine, I'm going to be fine. Also, it can even be, when you talk about emotions, it can be that when you when you wake up, you are just getting angry at everybody. For no reason, you just wake up, you just, you're just so moody. Everybody in the house, you are, you are angry, you are, you are shouting at them, you are... You just need, you need to check it. It's, it can be a pointer that you're not praying or studying the word. Because that's irritation. You just, just check, check it and pin it down. So the third thing, the third point under these pointers is idleness. Idleness. So we're going to be reading from 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel 11, 1 to 2. If somebody should read anyone. Second Samuel 11, <laughs> 1 to 2. Okay. Okay. In this, Vicky, you can read. All right. It happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful to behold. Thank you, Victoria. So as you, as you all know, I'm sure you know the rest of the story, how David eventually got went to take other person's wife, had to kill the person and everything and everything like that. He started from not having what to do, right? Maybe David was at war. This, everything, the disaster that, that this led to would have been avoided, could have been avoided, right? You agree with me? That's the same way in our lives. Don't, don't, be, don't be in that space where you don't have anything to do. You're not doing anything productive. As much as possible, get something doing. Because once you are idle, there is a very big chance that temptation, you will fall into temptation quicker because your mind is not busy. So there will be different suggestions coming. So it's good to get something doing. And then some, someone might be on this corner and saying, okay, but I've been applying since and job is not forthcoming. They've been giving me rejection meals. Try as much as possible. So, so you can volunteer somewhere. You don't need to wait. Volunteer somewhere. You can start something or like do a course. Just as much as possible, keep your mind busy. I'm not saying it's not good to rest. You can rest once in a while, but don't let the the your your whole life be be like 
rest every day, every minute you are resting. Because you just wake up in the morning, you maybe as if you even remember to take your bath, you just start the day and then you start to maybe watch movie, then you are or you are on the internet, you are surfing from morning till night, you're not doing anything productive, you're just doing that aimlessly. Watch it. That can be the devil can take advantage of that. That's you not doing anything, that idleness. So you don't want to be idle. You want to get busy as much as possible. You want to, you want to do something productive with your life, right? And so the fourth point is, is money. So money too can be a pointer. So in under these money points, there are uh, money points. Under this money, money, this point about money, there, there is the first point there is that have you have you seen people that when they don't have money? Oh, sorry, when, when they don't have money, yes, they are fervent. In fact, they can pray, they will be so serious with their devotion, their work with God. But when one kind of alert enters that can, you know, that can shake things, they will forget totally. They will leave. They will, in fact, you don't you will not see them in gathering like that again because their mind. I'm not comfortable. What do I need that for? So that can be a pointer. That can be a point. If you are like that, that whenever you have money, just find yourself not caring about spiritual things again. Watch it. That can be a pointer. Then there's another side of this. Have you seen people that some because of they don't have money, they become very depressed. In fact, because of that depression, they can't tell you they're not going anywhere. Um, why do I need to do anything? They will not pray again. They won't study the word because of because of because they don't have they don't have money. So don't be that person. But I know it's not it's not easy to be honest. Things are hard in a way. Yes, things are hard. But don't be that person. Don't be caught in that shoe where you'll be saying, "Oh, God." I don't know. I don't have transport. Why am I even? Am I? Don't be that person as much as possible. Don't be that person. When you start to sense that, ah, I want to start missing fellowship because I don't have money or something like that. Don't, don't, just, just, just do the right thing. Do the needful. Don't allow that thought to linger on because it might actually lead you to, to forsaking. And then you know what it can lead to. It can lead to like worse things. Right. Let's read, sorry, let's read First Timothy 6, 6 to 7. So this point about money just says that your life, about, your life does not consist of, on, on the things you own alone. It's not just about what you own. There's more to life than what you possess. If somebody can read First Timothy 6, 6 to 7. Yet true godliness with contentment is it itself great weight. Great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. Thank you so much. Exactly. We've heard it. We've heard from the scripture that God, contentment, He helps to be contented. Don't let money take you away from God. But the next point under this is association. Association. So I've heard people say that, oh, after all, Jesus ate with sinners, right? I can be, I can be, I can be friends with anybody. I can do anything with anybody. Don't play yourself. Don't play yourself at all. 
Jesus ate with tax collectors and sinners, but people that were in Jesus's close circle were people of like minds, people with similar values as him. Don't be that person that will say, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, I would, I, I can cope. I would just be here. Yeah, I'm not doing anything with them, but these are my friends. I prefer to hang out with this kind of people. Be very careful. Watch it. Watch it because the things you are saying that you are not doing, it can be you. The time you will start doing them effortlessly. Because when you spend time, if you spend time with the right people, there is every chance that you would you would do the right things, right? So if you are the other side and you are thinking, you're just rationalizing it that, oh, I'll be fine, don't worry. It's smoky, I don't, I don't do this, I don't, me. I go to church now, even though I have friends, I don't go. It doesn't matter. Very soon, very soon, you would, you would, fall, you would see yourself going another way, right? And also, under this association, that's, that's, having good friends is for friends, it's, it, it cannot, the importance cannot be over emphasis because you cannot go and take advice from, you can't take advice from those kind of people. Those people cannot be the people in your inner circle. So you need to think when it comes to your friends, watch it. If you are, if you are hanging out with people that you should not be hanging out, I'm not saying you cannot be friends with people, but no, 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 like categorize your association, know the people that are in your inner circle which should be people of like values, similar values as you, right? And know the people that are that you can just be dealing with at arm's length, right? So that you don't get into unnecessary issues. Let's read from Psalm 1, 1 verse 2. I'll read it. Blessed is the one who, walk, who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. So you see the Bible, the Bible also tells us that it's not, you, you, it, the man that walks, that, that he said the person that does not walk in the way of scoffers because association is something that can, that can even ruin your life. So it's something to watch out for. It's a pointer to watch out for. So under this association too, there's another point under it is, when you just, when you avoid the company of believers, maybe now you are scrolling through Instagram and then you see a, a you know, all these Christian influencers of this, these days and you're like, uh -uh, the word, every day, the word, every day, this thing. I beg, what is the problem, Seth? Is are they the only ones? Church, 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 every time, church, church, church. Watch it. That's another pointer. The fact that you are resenting your brothers and your sisters is another pointer. Because ordinarily you should you should be interested in things that believers are doing, but when you start to dislike, you say ah they invite you. you say ah which hangout is this one? Say it's hangout for my church. You say a Christian hangout. I beg, I beg people. I don't, I don't. I beg. I'm not interested. Are you a believer? Interestingly, eh, if you see the letters that were written to the church, I, 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 I just said it now. The letters that Paul wrote, they were mostly written to a church. That means there is in our in our faith, it's not our faith, even though some people say salvation is personal. You need people. You need people. It's not we're, not, we're not doing our journey alone. You need community to thrive. So you're not one isolated person that is just looking from a distance and saying, what's their own self? Their own is too much. No, 
when you start seeing yourself in that shoe, watch it. Watch it. Because it might be a pointer towards the wrong direction. Or let's even say you are surfing through social media. And then you see where they are dragging a believer. And then it's you. Your, your, your comment is the one that is on top of it. You are saying, yes, it's only, so I said it. All these people said, are you a believer? Can you, can you imagine going out? Then you see your close friend or your sister. They, they are somewhere where people are accusing them of doing something that they might have done it or they might have not done it. But all you need, you just need to say something that, I'm sure you're, you need to say something that will take them out of that situation. I'm sure your reaction will not be to say, what did he even do? Yes, stupid boy or something like, you won't do that if it's your brother. You look for a way to pull your brother from that situation first, then you can scold him at the back later. So your fellow believers, they are your brothers and sisters. So it's the same way we are, we are a family. So you, it's the same way you would not scold your brother outside. You would defend him. When you have, when you see people that are from out, then inside the house you scold him. That's the same way attitude you should have when it comes to your relationship with your siblings in Christ. Don't be that person to see your I beg, I don't want. No, it can be a pointer that something is wrong and needs to be corrected. Those people are falling so far. Yes, we are. Okay, I'm not so fast. No. No, you're not so fast. So the, the other point I have here is that the release of faith becomes very difficult. The release of faith becomes very difficult. Let me read a psalm to you. Psalm 119 verse 89. It says, your internal word, O Lord, stands firm in heaven. Your internal word, O Lord, stands firm in heaven. So for some of us, eh, spiritual maturity for some of us is the fact that we've had grown some concepts in the faith, like in the, in the faith, like faith now. We've had grown it. That's what maturity is for us, for us. We think that the scripture is just one of those things. Let me tell you, the word of God is not a fairy tale. You know, there are some stories they told us when we were young, but now that we are grown, we know that ah, man, beauty and the beast. How now? How the beauty comes together with the beast? It's not. It's not making sense, right? But don't get to that point where the scripture is like that to you. The word of God is the, God, the way God is the same. Is the way the the word of God is God. So the word of God does not change, and it's powerful every time. Don't get to that point. Let let your let your let your 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 belief to the word of God be childlike. Ever is don't treat the word of God as one of those fairy tale, because that's not the word of God. I know that this thing is quite this 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 last point is quite sensitive because maybe some of us have been there before. Like now, for instance, now you you had a close friend or a relative that you were praying for. You had faith. You you fasted, you were fervent. You wanted to make sure, you wanted this person to be healed of cancer or something, or one other's illness. But at the end of the day, it did not, things did not work out as you imagined. And so, because of that, you now block your mind 
that oh if god you know thought that when you when somebody else came to you and said oh my dad or somebody's battling with cancer sorry i'm sharing on echo somebody sorry can you hear me Try no, okay 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 so because yeah. i was hearing so don't let don't so like somebody now comes to you now because the way you imagined it because you prayed for somebody you were you believed that somebody's going to be healed but did not work then you now when the person now comes to you you'll be like well we can pray we cannot pray many of us have been have been there but i'm here to tell you that the fact that god did not answer it the way you imagined doesn't mean that God, that God does not answer, or sometimes is is it can be is dicey. Sometimes it can answer. Sometimes it does not answer. Sometimes it no, no. That's not how to look at it. Don't get to that point. Once you get to that point, when you start blocking your heart from it, particularly say, well, when you start doubting that there is something that God cannot do. Let's say now you already think because of that. Cancer is not really, maybe God does not heal this particular illness or God does not interfere in this kind of thing. When you get to that point where you have started doubting, you have to watch it. You have to watch it and, and, and talk to yourself. Like correct that in your spirit. Because the devil can take advantage of that very thing. The fact that you 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 you've blocked a part of a part a, a side of your heart and said, Oh, I'm not sure God does this, God does that, and everything. I mean. It's not easy to be honest, but this word is calling all of us out, me inclusive. Because sometimes something like this has even happened to me. Be, to be very frank, something like this has happened to me before. Because I just found myself in this state where uh, I was I was unsure and all. But if you if you don't if you don't silence that voice that is telling you, well, is dicey, maybe or maybe not, right? The devil would would take advantage and strike with that, you will just find yourself in a complication that if only you pinned it down from the beginning, it won't be like that, right? So we're going to be reading from Hebrews 12 verse 1. Hebrews 12 verse 1, you guys. Should I read it? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. We've heard, we've heard everything today, right? And we know that, like, let's, one of the things that you can do to yourself in your spiritual growth is to deceive, one of the very the bad things you can do to yourself is to deceive yourself. Don't be that person to deceive yourself. Just be honest with yourself. Be vulnerable because deceiving yourself when it comes to your spiritual growth is counterproductive. It does not lead anywhere. People can be seeing you in your Bible study or in church and saying, Oh, this sister, she's far, she's she's fervent, she's doing well, she's doing well. But you know that your devotional life is like this, is 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 not straightforward, is is going through turbulence. So just call yourself out. Are there weights? What is, what is the weight in your life? What, what, what are you struggling with that you know that this thing, is, this thing is holding you back? Be honest with yourself. Those areas that are weaknesses for you, 
strengthen them, strengthen them by all means, strengthen them, plan to strengthen them. You don't want to be at that place where you are constantly worrying that, ah, my work with God, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? But you also don't want to be at that space where you are overconfident, right? You don't want to be. Somewhere in the middle is where the balance is. You have to, at every point in time, call yourself out. Call yourself out. Don't be, don't, don't, don't play. Don't play. This journey is a, is a serious journey. And so we have to, we have to take it with all diligence and be totally committed, totally sold out to it. So I want you guys to repeat after me. You can miss your mind, too. Michael. Say, I will be diligent. I will be diligent. I will be diligent. In my work with God. In my work with, my God. Work with God. I will take every opportunity seriously. I will take every, I will take every opportunity, opportunity seriously. And I will watch out for the signs. And I will watch, and I will watch out signs. for the signs. That are red flags. That are red flags. That are red flags. So help me, God. So help me, God. That will be often now. If we have questions, we can ask. We can ask now. Oh, thank you so much, goodness. Tonight's thank session you, goodness. was really, really insightful. Like I want everybody to please unmute their mics and say thank you, goodness. Thank you, goodness. Thank you so much. And also, I want you to like everybody, like some quite a number of us, to like just unmute ourselves and just say one thing that you learned from tonight's teaching. You can type in the chat too if you're unable to speak at the moment. So who wants to go? I'll go. Okay. Um, one thing I think for me is just a reminder. Um, like you said, uh, uh to uh the one that stood out to me was just don't trust in your own abilities because sometimes you're like, oh, I'm doing so well in my spiritual walk with God. I think I got this figured out. But just to like be humble and re remind yourself that it's God who is helping me in this walk and not do it in my own strength. So just just a reminder to not you know, to forget myself, even though I'm doing well spiritually, but to just a reminder like, Oh, I shouldn't like, you know, get carried away. But to reminder, like, I still need to lean on God's strength to help me yeah. to remain fervent, you know, yeah. in this journey. Because he's the one that called me. So obviously I have to do it by his own strength, not by my own strength. Because if I try to do it on my own, then obviously I'm gonna fall because then I'm being prideful and you know, you know what goes along with it. But if I remain humble and stay focused on God and trusting him to help me, then I'm able to stay more fervent. And again, like you mentioned, also the intentionality, because sometimes I know that I do go through like seasons of spiritual dryness, but that's not the time to be like, oh, well, maybe be indifferent. At least I tried. I woke up. I set my alarm. I slept up. But that's the time to actually like you know be intentional be diligent even though you don't feel it you don't feel like doing it but just being intentional to show up every single day the same way when you're feeling it you know when you are you know when you're feeling it when you're excited is the same um intentionality you should show up with when you're not um when you're not even feeling it, when you're feeling dry you know you can't really connect but just showing up because 
you know, that's the only way we can be strong. And I like that verse, I think it was in Proverbs 24, verse 10, that said, um, you know, I can't remember it off my head. But... Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's what that to me, you know, is when, you know, when you're persistent and consistent in your diligence and showing up. So when when the difficult times, those trials come, you're able to like stand instead of being weak and fallen. So that's what I got out of it. Yeah. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, I'm glad that you learned that much. You learned that much. Who else wants to go? Tell us what they learned today. Also, if you have questions, here's the time to like put your questions in the chat or ask your question. So mine is um a reminder about association, right? So mm. you know how we humans, we feel, especially we Christians, we feel like we don't necessarily have to let go of our, um, should I say, old friends that, that, that have the tendency to actually take us back to where we are coming from. And she just mm. reminded me that the truth is, the more um, time I spend with them over time, I would eventually go back to that thing that I'm trying to run away from. Then another one is uh, money. How um, there's a very high um, possibility that if I'm not careful, <laughs> when I start earning so much than I've ever earned before, there's a probability that if I'm not careful, I might just ignore God and just be like, I beg. Yeah. Maybe I beg now I'm capable of doing things on my own. I may not necessarily need God anymore. So that's just another reminder that um, no matter how much God blesses me, I shouldn't, I should never ever, um, I should try as much as I can to be careful so I don't get to that, to that position. That's it for my end. Yeah. That's that's great. It's, it's glad that now you're conscious of it. And I hope you also, you like what you can do, you can put measures now. You can start putting measures now to just guard your heart against that, like when that happens, because definitely that's going to happen. So, yeah, thank you, Beryl. Yeah. Who else wants to go? Thank you. Anyone else wants to tell us what they learned or if they have any questions? Anybody? Okay, there's nobody. I'm just going to say like tonight's um teaching it was just like a sequel to what I learned in church today. How that I have to like make sure I have to, I have to always be on guard, right? So just like the point you mentioned at first, where it's possible to be at um to be at either of the extremes, where at one point where you're like you're so down, you're not confident about your work with God, you're just like um, you feel you feel far removed, right? While on the other end, you feel like overconfident that oh, we are doing this. And for me, it's not something I usually notice. It's usually like usually one of those two. My struggle is usually trying to be in between. So I'll probably be in a season where I'm just feeling down. Like, oh my God, I've not prayed. I'm struggling to pray. I'm not. I'm not good enough. To spiritually or something and then maybe i try to come out of that that situation by praying i'll not go through this long um, this intense season of prayer and fasting i know and devotion and because i've prayed long and i'll be like 
Am I even supposed to pray again? Like, I already prayed, like, one hour, two hours, three hours yesterday. I can rest today now. You know, that so that that's usually the problem for me. And um, so finding the balance is, finding finding a good balance is that is a challenge and it's something I'm really working on. And tonight's teaching just really encouraged me the more. It really encouraged me the more. And something I would just like to just use to encourage everyone is regardless of whatever it is that I might be going through, don't think you're alone in it. Like no matter how, if you if you find yourself on either end and you're trying to find your way, like you're trying to find that balance, don't don't feel like you're alone or you are the only one and nobody can relate to 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 what you're going through, right? There always find community community is very 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 important for us as believers very important for us as believers so please find community take advantage of um, of godly friends around you take advantage of godly platforms to help spur you right and to good works and of people that you can also talk to all right so um if in the absence of any other any questions or comments let me just pray dear father we thank you for this this amazing session we thank you because you always constantly instruct us in righteousness and we are grateful for that we ask that this word that we've heard today bears good fruit and bears much fruit in our hearts that that it actually produce, it actually leads to use results that are desirable in us. Like we are spurred to good works, we are spurred to want to become better, to want to, you know, um, spend our life. We are, we are spurred to want to spend to spend our life in utmost devotion to you. Thank you, Father. We I pray that as we go into our week, we are strengthened, we are protected, we are kept. In Jesus' name, no evil befalls any one of us. No casualties. We are, we are not casualties of any evil, especially in this last few months of the year. We are protected in Jesus' name. Our not just us, our family members, our friends, those that are connected to us. Every member of Bible Marathon Group is protected in the name of Jesus. And thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, I've prayed. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, I'm going to stop the stream now. Hey there. So we've come to the end of this teaching session, and we hope it was for you a teaching and an enlightening moment. We have so many other topics on our podcast that range from spiritual gifts to charisma to interpreting the Bible world and so many others. If you'd like to listen to any one of them, just look through our podcast catalog and find the topic that you'd love to learn. If you'd like to join us Sunday live on MixLR or on Zoom, all you need to do is go to our website, which is bit.ly forward slash bmglive4. That's the number four. Or you can look in the description and you'll find the link to the website there. We hope you have a blessed week and continue to grow and progress with joy in your faith.